The man said snow on Friday. Ouch. Well, I'm putting the golf clubs away, and this time I mean it. Uh, let's get around to the round table. It's that time, Wednesday afternoon after 6 o'clock, and joining me in the house, good to see Ernie Eves, the former premier and finance minister here in the province. How you doing, Ernie? I'm great. How are you, John? Likewise. Thanks for asking. John Turley, you're a risk management consultant specializing in capital markets with extensive experience on Bay and Wall Streets, one-time associate editor of the Financial Post and senior editor at the National Post. Johnny, you've been busy. How you doing? I'm well, thank you. Good. Thanks for coming in. And Buzz Hargrove, former national president of the Canadian Auto Workers, and now a distinguished visiting prof at Ryerson University's Ted Rogers School of Management. Buzz, how you doing? I'm not so busy, John. <laughs> but I'm doing fine. All right, well, we'll try to get you busy here in a second, but I want to turn to Ernie as a first order of business, because... Uh, an erstwhile colleague and member of your cabinet, as well as a colleague in, uh, and I guess a cabinet minister with Mike Harris, Tony Clement. You knew Tony Clement. Tony Clement was a friend of yours. You served with Tony Clement, and you, sir, know Tony Clement. Uh, I'm sorry, I was just channeling what's his name there uh, from the 1988 presidential campaign. No, Tony Clement had to resign, uh, or he was kicked out of the caucus. Andrew Shear, by the way, Andrew Shear is going to be with us on this program tomorrow. Uh, my question is, is he done now? Is he damaged goods irretrievably, or do you think the folks, because you know you were up there, Perry Sal Muskoka, that's his riding. Would they return him after, say, these indiscretions? Well, I don't know. I was uh, shocked when I heard the news at the hockey game last night. In fact, when the guy beside me, who has the tickets beside me, said at the end of the first period that Tony Clement had, had to resign because of a sex tape, I started laughing. I thought it was a joke, but it <laughs> turned out to be no joke, unfortunately. Um mm. I don't know. I was watching the news late last night uh, when I wasn't watching the U.S. returns, and they were interviewing three or four people from his riding at a hockey rink last night. And to a person, they supported Tony Clement. So uh, who knows what, what uh, the electorate is thinking out there. I mean, look, at I've known Tony for a long time. This came as a total shock to me. So we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, well, he's up in Perry Sound. Did you recognize the rink? No, I didn't. Oh. I think it might have been Huntsville or Bruce. Okay. Or maybe it was one that, you know, uh, he managed to secure funding for, and it's a rather <laughs> elaborate 14,000-seater up there in, in Bracebridge. Anyway, uh, that being said, Buzz, what do you make of it? I mean, uh, is the guy toast, or can he actually uh, recover from this kind of indignity? Well, uh, a few years ago, I would have said he's toast. Uh, today, uh, when I watch what's happened, not just in uh, Canada, not just in provincial legislatures, but others federally, and and around the world, uh, there doesn't seem to be anything that uh, uh, will uh, will uh, personal that will uh, cause people uh, to turn on you. They might have second thoughts, uh, but most are, are pretty forgiving and willing to give a, a second chance. All right, but I mean the degree of irresponsibility because the guy was sitting on committees that dealt with national security, and I mean this leaves him vulnerable to blackmail. And I keep saying he's probably punked by a Russian troll farm or something <laughs> like that. Uh, but John Turley, you were, you know, you would think that common sense would prevail or uh, just reason or something like that. But uh, what do you make of this? Well, I, I I say he's done. I mean, he may be elected by the constituents uh, up in in the Huntsville area. Maybe he's been a great uh, local MP. Uh, but I can't see uh, anyone putting this fellow in cabinet again. Uh, you know, it's it is um, an incredible failure, uh, uh, not just a personal failure, but a, a, a failure as a public official sitting on an intelligence committee, a former cabinet minister, 
this is it, it's uh, so you know this this is the sort of thing that you just cannot uh, let go. And I can't see if uh, the conservatives came to power. Uh, appointing Tony Clement to any position of, of responsibility when he sh- he's you know so credulous. All right, well you know, Ernie. Uh, well, this applies no matter if you're in business or in politics. Do you have like codes of ethics that are spelled out graphically to people? Do you know, like pull them aside? You know, have a meeting and say, hey, folks, you got to be very mindful now. You're in a position of authority and power, and there are people who may seek to undermine or compromise that. Any of that schooling happen in your ranks? Not in my day, but today I'm sure it does, especially with the the Me Too movement and sexual harassment being such a huge issue out there. I would certainly hope that there is some some uh, discussion about what the guidelines are or not. I think that every caucus now has, you know, has a, a system to deal with sexual harassment complaints. I think that's in place, regardless of political stripe. Um, but you know, to me, a lot of this is just common sense. I mean, you just—why would you ever do this? It just doesn't make any sense. You to couldn't me at possibly all. have a policy that would stop somebody from doing something really stupid. If they want to do something really stupid, and this was really stupid. Or they get seduced into it. I mean, uh, you know, it's a vanity thing. Uh, but that, at that age, at Tony's age, and mm. uh, uh, like me, if I get one, I'm going to know it's a joke. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> there you go, Buzz. No That's what Tony needed to do, refer to the mirror a little more right. often. Uh, that might have sobered him up. Uh, I mean that figuratively speaking, of course. Uh, and so here, but Andrew Shear kicks him out of caucus, and uh, he's cast adrift as an independent uh, up until next year election meantime close at home ernie we go to you again because a former colleague <laughs> listen it's it's old home week for you this Thanks. time uh jim wilson and you knew him because you guys were there and uh, labored in the vineyards of obscurity during the ray years he uh came i guess uh from simcoe gray in 1990 you were already there from uh perry sound and uh now he had to walk the plank. Doug Ford saying on Friday that he would have fired him if he had refused to quit. It was originally couched as uh, an addiction issue. And it's not that the two are mutually exclusive, but it surfaces that there were allegations as, as well of sexual misconduct. And uh, Ford is being uh, pilloried for the way he handled it by none the least uh, being the the NDP, Sarah Singh, is a deputy leader, and uh, she says that, you know, Ford really mishandled it because he claimed to be protecting this victim uh, or the person who made the allegations. And so, John, what do you say of that? I mean, uh, that he wanted to keep it in-house or uh, tamp it Because the person said, according to Ford's account of things anyway, they didn't want to turn it into a media circus. So they didn't want to be exposed or have the media come sniffing around. you think Doug was a right in, 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 his, in his right to run interference then? Well, look, I, I, I looked at Doug Ford on the night he was elected premier with his daughters on stage. Uh, I imagine that uh, if he was asked by, uh, I'm assuming, a, a, a younger woman uh, to please not expose me to the kind of media circus that uh, this will generate, uh, that he would have uh, an awful lot of empathy for that request. I think that, um, frankly, the NDP's criticism is, is largely disingenuous. Disingenuous in this way. Um, the NDP has talked long and hard about how women who accuse uh, men of, of uh, inappropriate conduct end up being victimized themselves. And it seems to me that what the NDP wants to do here is find out who this woman is, get all the, the salacious details, regardless of the impact it would have on the complainant. So 
you know, I, I, I don't have a lot of time for the NDP on this. I would say that Doug Ford has done the right thing. I say, let's, let's see the investigation go forward and let's see what the results are. All right. And if it's not a woman, does that change the equation at all, Ernie? No, it doesn't. No, no it's sexual um, harassment. And I, right. I, 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 my problem with the whole thing is that anytime you uh, decide you're going to fire or accept a resignation on your demand from a senior minister and you think you're going to do that below the radar, uh, you're kidding yourself. That can't happen. Once someone's involved like that and the staff that work for uh, political leadership uh, throughout the country know that there's no way you're going to hide from this. And you you don't do anybody any favors by saying, I'm just going to cover this up so I don't harm that person. That person is harmed by the actual incident, not by what it gets out or how it gets out. So you're obviously in disagreement with John. John yes. John I'm thinks a, having a, empathy. Uh, so, I mean, I mean, I could, you can see a scenario where a, a victim would say, please don't do this, because if you do, I'm going to withdraw uh, the allegations. Right? I don't want to be part of, uh, again, a big media circus where people are looking at my personal life and accusing me of, of whatever. So, so I could see Doug saying, okay, uh, let, let's do the investigation. Let's put this down to, uh, you know, uh, alcoholism or whatever the addiction would be, uh, and let's find out what happened. And maybe, 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 maybe you're right, Buzz. Like politically, you know, uh, it's, it's naive to think that. But on the other hand, again, I would go back to, you know, this is a man who has daughters who understands, I think, understands, uh, you know, the, a situation that a, a younger person may be in who. Uh, comes forward to complain, uh, and especially in, in the light of everything that's happened with Me Too, and you want to do the right thing, maybe he can be accused of being naive, but I don't think he can be accused of being wrong. But if, but if, he, but if he doesn't let it out, if he doesn't, he, he, he's then in a position where he's hard-pressed to say, I just fired one of my senior ministers. What'd you fire him for? Oh, for nothing. He just came in. Got, he got well, he forced him to day. resign, and so it was a resignation. Well, That's the still, way it was. It's a, still a discharge. He made it very yeah. clear. If he didn't hand him the resignation, he was right. fired anyway. Right. You know, Ernie, I'm kind of curious. I mean, you were there uh, sitting in the catbird seat as a premier and the finance minister right at the top of the, you know, the food chain in uh, the party, in the government. These kinds of fires attempted to be put out all the time, or do you think there's more of that these days? Uh, how was it handled, you know, back when you were, uh, or did you even know about it? Were there fixers, so to speak? Well, they're not always, I mean, there are several incidents I can think of, uh, who shall remain named. I was going to ask any that, names. That, that didn't <laughs> deal with sexual harassment complaints, but other things like tax issues and whatever. And those things are taken very seriously. And the premier and the premier's office uh, talk to the individual and uh, take the appropriate action. Um, usually the individuals cooperate and, and resign. Um, or at least they step aside until there's an investigation completed. And Yeah, but and, they couldn't uh, go quietly without no, making it no, on somebody's radar. No, they could definitely radar. not go quietly. And, uh, you know, to Buzz's point, I think the more open and transparent you can be about these things, the better off you are, not just because it's the right thing to do, because politically, I don't think you want to get into the habit of, of trying to appear to be covering something up. Now, I take John's point. If, if the complainant here specifically said to Doug, we, I don't know what he or she said to Doug, but if they specifically said to Doug, look, I don't want this to become a public issue, then I think you'd have to take that into account. Well, the uh, deputy leader of the NDP, Sarah Singh, uh, in her statement earlier today, 
said, Mr. Ford absolutely could have been honest and told Ontarians that there were serious allegations against his most senior minister, and he could have done that without revealing the identity of anyone impacted. He didn't. He chose to mislead the public to protect Mr. Wilson. Uh, it's not Mr. Wilson. I guess he was protecting. I think it was protecting this person making the allegations, or at least maybe not uh, the sexual allegation part for Mr. But, Wilson. But the one thing I'd point out is, remember, this is the, the party that Patrick Brown got kicked out of. And as we found out later... Uh, the allegations against him uh, were not as uh, uh, they didn't stand up uh, as they did in the beginning. Right. And so, so there may be a little bit of hesitation uh, right away to uh, suggest there's serious allegations as well. It may be let's investigate and find out uh, like how credible this is uh, with a third party. But would you have asked the minister to resign uh, pending an investigation? if you were maybe unsure about the validity of the allegations. So I, I would guess under this situation that there was enough evidence to ask for the, the minister to resign or the minister was asked, did you do anything uh, along these lines? And if the minister would have you know, said something to suggest uh, something wrong had occurred, you would ask for the resignation. All right. I uh, want to keep it flying here because when we talk about certain indiscretions or, uh, you know, things that may have been covered up back in the day, you know, somebody gets tagged with a DUI, for example, you try to mitigate that damage and so on and so forth. Because there's driving now under the influence. There's zero tolerance for it, understandably. And uh, we've got the case of Marco Muzzo, actually. He was up before the parole hearing earlier today. He was not granted day parole or full parole, even though he's two years into a 10-year sentence. He's the individual. We know who killed the family of four uh, back in 2015, just over three years ago, sentenced to, as I say, two years of a 10-year sentence. Up in Gravenhurst earlier today, uh, this was the decision made. We'll come back, and there's a, a couple of questions that I have to ask as we throw it around the horn with Ernie Eves, uh, John Turley-Ewart, and Buzz Hargrove on The Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.